Hello, hello, and welcome to another Shedding Boys Podcast Summer Edition. I am your host, Professor X. And I am Mikey B, and let's get right into it. So we're, we're changing up the format of our show uh, a little bit. And the reason we're doing this is the summer, again, we're, we'll talk about a little bit of Chelsea, but we also want to start adding in stuff that, like, ultimately, like, lets you get to know who Professor X and Mikey B are. We're not just football fans. We're also massive nerds. Uh, we're both sports nerds and nerd nerds. We love comic books and anime, so we're we're changing it up a yeah, little we're, bit. We're like a we're like a fiefdom, right? We're gonna take that away from FIFA. We're a fiefdom. We we love fandoms. We we partake in multiple fandoms. Chelsea is our football fandom. Now we'll introduce you to other stuff. And you kind of heard us say it beforehand where we start to like equate other things because that's honestly how I see things. Like whatever's in my fandom in my verse i just find the equivalence of those in a lot of things that i look at so you've heard us say it before with like the teams like what would they be in like the avengers like people carry or teams can carry certain characteristics so why not and uh so we'll start off though with the you know the concerns we have now with the bowley takeover <laughs> so Bully is, uh, he's been in charge now for three three weeks, I think. Yeah. Marina's gone. Peter yep. Check's gone. Bruce Buck is gone. Bruce Buck is the only good one gone. Yeah. Marina, we, we predicted Marina was most likely going to see out the transition. Would we want her to stay? We would. Um, I think when Ted Bully announced a couple weeks ago... Financial fair play crackdown, all those things. He is. I need to really look into that because I was under the impression that the the FIFA fair like the fair play stuff, um, the financial fair play. I thought they were laxing it the last time I saw it. They are laxing it. So I heard. I heard. And Chelsea, we need to. We need to accept this. We need to accept this. We don't got Papa. We don't got Papa Roman. Like, Papa Roman throws his weight. Like, Papa Roman acts like a true billionaire. We have a consortium. We got, we, we're got. we going to have to get approvals. We're going to have to get consensus. There's political stuff involved. Ted Bowley is basically telling us the days of just big spending are behind us, which... Chelsea, for the most part, you would say, has been offer it, operating in that aspect. I just don't know if the big spending is gone because what he's promising is a almost a three hundred million pound transfer window this this summer. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I promise and doing it two different things. We've never talked, at least in my recollection, Chelsea spokespersons never talked about financial fair play so like him talking about that i was like mm, man i feel like marina's not going to be around marina's not around the peter check leaving that was a disappointment um the peter check leaving made no sense for if you wanted chelsea fans to be on your side that's not the that's See, not a decision to make well i don't think he i don't think he was let's see i never you, you bring think an interesting made, ball. I made, think he left. That's what makes me worried. Is I think he saw what was happening. The infrastructure's not there. Like I, I, Professor X has said it. If Chelsea, if Chelsea go the way of Manchester United, in the essence of bad trades acquisitions and all that stuff, after the Alex Ferguson era, right? It's a little bit, it's same but different scenario here. But what I mean is like, Fergie leaves, Manchester United is the shell of its former self. In in that case, it was voluntary or, you know, what we all know. He saw the writing on the wall. Chelsea, though, the FA forced Roman out. I'm, I have been skeptical about American ownership. I hope. He proves me wrong, but we'll see. I, I'm just hoping that the Tuchel could keep it on the right track. Yes, 
That's what I'm hoping is Tuchel's giving if he's because the rumors are that bullies trust Tuchel, and he is a, based on his previous experience. Tuchel would be a good manager to trust. The only thing is, is will Tuchel try to make Chelsea into a PSG? I don't want to be a PSG. What do you mean, like PSG, like consecutive, like league failures. winners? No, just like failures in the sense of never winning Champions League. I mean, you know, the the down like we're not gonna be. You're not gonna because he already won it with Chelsea, so it's like it's like oh, will we never win it again? That's why I bring it up. Is this is gonna show what the owners' intent are, right? Champions League is a foreign concept to Americans. That concept doesn't like. So I don't really know, but like what Todd Todd you know, Bowley knows about for, it. For, it. If he prioritizes the league, if he prioritizes but if it's the a foreign league, concept because a foreign concept, the most amount of money comes out of Champions League. Oh, I, I I'm not disagreeing. That's the best I, spot. To I'm be not in. disagreeing. But if you're I, just if he's like, don't be wrong. I wouldn't mind winning the league a few years in a row. That that would be nice. I just don't know. Like he, so we're right now. Apparently, we're about to finish up uh, the contract for uh, Leeds uh, player Rafinha. Is that how you say it? Rafinha? Yeah, Rafinha. Um, Not bad. I mean, he's one of those players that, like, when you were watching the game, he annoyed the fuck out of you. So, yeah, yeah, he, yeah like, he, he's aggressive. <laughs> yeah, he's very aggressive. I I agree with that, and I think he would bring out some things in the other young players, and he's young as well. Um. I think if he's feisty, do you like? I think if he's feisty, you actually give Pulisic more defense. Yeah. Because if if Pulisic is the only feisty guy out there, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there's not other talent on there, but like Rafinha, like he's physical. Like when he's running up to the wings, like he's got a good touch, but he so is physical. He doesn't mind pre- nipping at heels. Previous rumors where we were going to get rid of Pulisic to Liverpool. Let's be honest. No. We have American owners. No. We're not getting rid of Pulisic. No. I promise you. No. We're not getting rid of him no. for one reason and one reason only. The Money. only reason Pulisic leaves is he wants to leave himself. That is it. And we're going to try to do everything to keep him because, again, it's American ownership. This is – yeah. So um, if there is a continual influx of American owners to the Premier League, I need – the I need the other Premier League fans and the Premier League to be on notice. One good thing us Americans, I'm going to claim it, one good thing us Americans do, aside from like in the NBA and stuff, is say, fuck you, player. You're under contract, bitch. Like, you're staying here until it's, until it's fruition. I don't give a shit if you want to go. Like, again, the NBA, it's... it's no, it's I, a circus over there with what the, their contracts and, and people moving around. And Bowley's not foreign to sports. Like, no, again, yeah, he owns part of the LA Lakers and the LA Dodgers. Yeah, so like he knows how sports and sports marketing and how to move stuff. And around. this is why we're this is why Mikey B and, and I are operating on this way. Like right now, he Mikey B seeing LA Dodgers World Series. I'm seeing LA Lakers choke artists at the beginning of the season. I'm going to be honest, so uh, <laughs> LA Lakers next year, I'm pretty sure they win the. I don't the, No, no. The reason I they say said that, the same thing about this, no, uh, no, this no, last no. season. No, but I, I will tell Mega you. Team. No, but Westbrook's coming back. Like LeBron's. Like, I'm. You're never gonna see another season like this with LeBron. I, I don't like LeBron as a person, but I respect the crap out of him as an athlete. See, because he's the ultimate, like in the NBA, in talent. But I think a mark of a good athlete, I think a mark of a good athlete is also to know that you're not the you're not the coach, you're not the manager. I think the Lakers will do something if. Whoever they brought in, and I can't remember his name right off the top of my bat, but his initial interviews, he's saying the right things, which is, there is no player above the team, and I'm the freaking coach. I mean, if anybody wants to know whether or not, whether or not LeBron James has a future in coaching, just look at last but season. But I, I did love how... <laughs> but, 
Draymond Green uh, came out in an interview this past week. He goes, they go, how did how did the Cavs beat you guys? And he goes, at the end of the day, is because they had LeBron James, and LeBron James, his mind about basketball and how he can prepare his teammates for those tough moments is very high. At some point. Because he he showed no interest in... Well, let me give him the benefit of the doubt. If he went into the season like everybody else, which is, I don't need to teach any of these guys anything because all of these guys are NBA veterans. Now, I know they had some injury problems. So, this is where now you know I... Who, def- you like, know who I compare LeBron James to? So, like, you know how they... Like, if I had to compare him to a soccer player, they they, they want to compare him to, like, a Messi or not. You know, you know who LeBron is? He's Kaká. Oh he's one he's one stuff. He's more success. He's a more successful version of Kaká. Yeah, yeah. But he, he's one stuff, but, like, he, he, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Yeah. Like, Michael Jordan... And Kobe Bryant or Ronaldo. See, here's a more apropos thing because I want everybody to know at some point we will mark it on this podcast. On one point, man, I used to defend LeBron all the time. Like, I come at LeBron so hard because I used to defend him so much. Like, I was it's because the LeBron hype chain anywhere he went to and then. Little by little, he would just keep opening his mouth. And I'm like, I ain't good. Like, how can somebody so talented be so stupid? So let me give let me give an example that is less insulting to him than Kaka. He's Eden Hazard, a man with great talent. But when it really actually comes down to grabbing the, the game by the scruff of the neck and being a consistent, like, phenom, like, like just he's lacking. Kobe is better. I will tell you right now, Kobe, if you want the next Michael Jordan, it was Kobe. Kobe would not settle for no, anything No, I always, I always said this, like when it came to that comparison, Kobe Bryant was supposed to be the next best thing to Jordan. But oh. if you look at LeBron and what his tools and his skill sets are, he was Magic Johnson reincarnated. Yeah, he I agree. A, I remember is, you saying that. And he, when you said that, I was like, you know what? That is that is a better thing. Because, yeah. like, even though LeBron, he he wants to win, he he's not the guy that wants the ball in his hand oh. to win the game. Now, can he do it? Yes, he's shown that he could do it. But he's more like Magic and learn how to pass. The one thing that why I say LeBron James is more like Magic Johnson is because he can play every position on the court. And there was only one man that could do that, and that was Magic Johnson. And is about the show too. I mean, there's a little bit of a like magic always carried himself with the swagger. And don't get me wrong, LeBron James carries himself the with the with swagger LeBron, too. The problem with LeBron is because he didn't go to college, he didn't have a Larry Bird. Magic Johnson had a Larry Bird. There was the Celtics dynasty and the Lakers dynasty, and they were right there together. Yeah. That's the thing is when you have Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson, that. There was nothing. There was nothing there for LeBron, because LeBron came in when Dirk and the rest of them and Tim Duncan they were leaving the league. That's true. So like, I it sucks for LeBron because I wish there would have been somebody like Kevin Durant was supposed to be the Larry Bird. That's true, but he wasn't. And like Steph Curry was too young in LeBron's prime. They're they're Steph Curry's like, never and Steph the problem is like Larry and Magic they would go physical with one another. I'm not trying to disrespect Steph Curry, but like, but you know who Steph Curry is, right? Like he is a much he he is a much better version of Reggie Miller. Okay, that's yeah. like Reggie Miller, smaller too. He's yeah. like he's like he's the fun size Reggie Miller. Yeah, the like, only thing that I give Reggie over over Steph is. Reggie wasn't he? He'd get physical. With yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd Reggie, the, Reggie, Reggie was thrown out. So Reggie Miller was like one of my favorite players of all time in basketball. I loved Reggie Miller. I even had Reggie's uh, Olympic jersey, USA. The one when I was a little kid and yeah. I was outside with the jet ski and everything. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the Reggie Miller um, jersey. I loved Reggie Miller growing up. So it's like one of those things. But 
I don't know where Todd Bowley will take us. I'm trying to keep Good very. I, I'm trying to keep very cool head about it, but I am nervous. I I can't say I'm not nervous about what he could possibly do in a negative way towards us. But I'm hoping because because here's why here here's why I'm nervous. We're fucking going after Raheem Sterling. Really? Like that makes it like when I hear when I hear so, like Rafinha, I'm I can see it, but I'm also a little worried in the essence of like I went to the University of Maryland, guys. Like Gary Williams was the guy. I I wanted to go to the University of Maryland and say like I went with Gary Williams. Here's the downside to Gary Williams. Kind of like Arsene Wenger, always obsessed with finding the diamond in the rough. Now, part of that is for the romanticism of the, of the sport. The other thing is business. And so if you can get a diamond in the rough, that usually means it's going to come at a cheaper rate. You're going to develop it and then sell it off. So Rafinha, I see benefits to the team, and I also see benefits from a business standpoint. Raheem certainly, no. No, 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 no. Is he talented? Yes, he is. But he's the exact opposite of Rafinha in the essence of he's a cuck no Raheem Sterling is a cuck on the field he reminds me like talented like Raheem he is most impressive Raptor with he he is a very talented player but he irritates me so much and I don't like I don't want him on a team just because he irritates me and I think he's bad team dynamics I don't I don't think he's gonna help the locker room no but the problem is you know what I think is going to happen? We're going to get Raheem Sterling, and he's going to be, like, amazing for us. It's going to hurt me so bad rooting for Raheem Sterling. But I'll do it because I love the club. I'll root for Chelsea. I ain't going to root for Raheem Sterling. I'll be like, yeah, go Chelsea. Yeah, hit it up the <laughs> hit it up the side. Come on, feed the ball in. Yeah, Chelsea scores. Listen, Watch Raheem, Raheem Sterling wearing the golden boot for listen, us. Listen, if Raheem... That... But this is what it means to be Chelsea. We don't care as long as we get the result. I, if if I even ranked in significance in Raheem Sterling's like sphere, and he literally played every single game I'll never to consider him spite me. I'll never consider him. No, he'll never. I don't know. I don't even want to entertain what this man has to do to to even be considered a legend in in seriousness. I do not. I'm but, scared of what he would have to do. Yeah, it's it's very irritating with the uh, the Raheem <laughs> Sterling thing. Uh, but I heard conspiracy that, though. Conspiracy. Before I forget it, conspiracy. Conspiracy. What if this is a what if corner now? What if Peter Check leaving means that we found somebody for Keppa? Because like. We floated around at the very beginning that Peter Cech was only brought in to try to, like, coach Keppa. But what if this means that Keppa is finally being awkward? The only because thing we're going we for younger guys. No, no. We, the only person we bought was the American goalkeeper. We're going to get more American people. We're going to no, get the, more. That's the only person we bought was the American goalkeeper. So it is possible we found somebody for Keppa. Um, I wouldn't mind getting Keppa off our books. I think Mindy is good enough. For now, I think we will need to look for another goalkeeper or a diamond in the rough. I want to send them off well, too. I mean, like, Keppa, like, that's the other thing about Chelsea. Like, we actually, we actually do give our players time. Like, I don't, I would venture to say, if you did a survey right now of most of the Chelsea fandom, like, people are not going to be like, oh, Keppa. There are people like, you know, wishing no, I well. love Keppa. I love As opposed Keppa. to Thibaut Courtois. I love Kepa. Kepa's done a lot of good things for us and a lot of bad things for us. Is it, is it easy? He was a good player. Like, yeah. I don't wish we would have paid the price tag we paid for him, but at the end of the day, that's... But that was that mistakes. time period, though. That really? was the mistakes. Like, yeah, you're the mistakes that happened. <laughs> um, I actually thought you were going to say that we, uh, we were going to buy Raheem Sterling just so... That we bring back uh, Hazard to make fun of him to every practice. <laughs> the uh, I'd bring Sterling to bench him. That's how petty. I, like if I had the resources. What like, makes me nervous about the Sterling thing is why was Pep benching him? He's 
But Pep was never about benching Sterling. He always played Sterling. He's not. He's. He is. Going so what do you to be think toxic. about the? What do you think about the other rumor of Delit? I like the Delit one. I actually. I. So they're talking about Delit Kunde. Because I was envious. I was. Em- I'm not gonna lie. I was envious when Juventus uh, signed Delit. I thought that was a great signing. Um, I think it's better for his career to go to get out of Italy, honestly. So, to be honest, uh, what's his uh, DeLong for Manchester United? It's going to be like $65 million plus $20 million in uh, additional costs on him to, Bar- uh, to Barcelona for Manchester United. So they're going to end up spending like close to £90 million pounds for DeLong. Like, this is what doesn't... I, this might be an unpopular opinion. I will full disclosure. And is it like, talk about walking away for free? Yeah, I mean they lost so like I. It's bad business, they, dude. Do they it's, hate money. It's bad. I mean, do they hate money. No, because they spend it on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I, I mean, Woodward is gone, so they should right. He he steps yeah. down, so or, or if he hasn't already, so you know they they should be able to balance the books maybe eventually. I mean, the guy it was they were mismanaged. Like it got to the point where like. The Manchester United story feels like every arc on Game of Thrones with a villain. Like, Game of Thrones is the one show where it carries the punishment to an extent where you're just like, okay, come on. I mean, maybe that's overkill. They did it with Reek. They did it with Cersei. And these are two characters. These are two characters at the beginning of their punishment. I'm just like, put their head on a spike. But they drag out the punishment so much so that I was just like, Come on, man. That's just not... So, that's not called for. So, we're going to move on from this segment. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of unanswered questions for the Todd Bowley. <laughs> what, for Game of Thrones? I do agree. Yeah, a, lot a lot of unanswered George R. R. Martin, just like Todd Bowley. There's, <laughs> there's literally un- an entire missing book still. <laughs> there's a lot of unanswered <laughs> questions. There's a whole missing book for Todd Bowley because we don't know how the future is going to go. <laughs> but the next... We're going to actually move on to our next new segment which I like to coin the Anime Hour. And <laughs> the reason I call it the Anime Hour is we're actually going to discuss uh, anime that's near and dear to my heart, but something is fairly new to uh, Professor X, and that's One Piece. Oh, One Piece. So uh, Professor X is on the fourth season of One Piece, and note that there's like 28 seasons. Yeah, it's it's super confusing because like literally depending on what streaming service, like I felt like it was like the sign from from the anime god saying like, listen, you need to watch this. Like it's on it's on like Hulu, it's on Netflix, it's on freaking HBO Max, it's on Netflix Crunchyroll. Has Netflix only has nine seasons, right? Crunchyroll is the only one that, that has, has like the full all, thing. Yeah, it has the full. So thing. I'm watching, I'm watching it on Netflix and like. The seasons are kind of weird because it'll say like, I'm. They break it down by story arcs. Actually, on the side, they break it down by story arcs, and then they have the thing here, which so, is actually way better. To it, be honest, that part makes sense. But then when they have the season, so, all I'm gonna say is season two song. Season one, this happens to me all the time. Season one intro song, banger. I love it, especially because I think it holds up in 2022. But then if you think about, you know, what the late 90s is when this first came out, like you, you could tell that that was a hit. The second season song, what's it like Believe in Wonderland or something like yeah. that? That's a hard miss. That's, That's a, a hard no, but, which miss. Which is hilarious because Naruto was the opposite where season one song was absolutely trash. But then season two song is like fire. Yeah. But so... With One Piece, yes, I have finally decided. I have heard that it One Piece might be found <laughs> at some point. So the season's gonna come to an end, or the show's gonna come to an end. It's like the longest running anime and manga, right? Yeah, Both of o- them. Oda. King Oda. Yeah, King Oda. Oda is the writer of uh, One Piece. He's the creator of One Piece. All of One Piece is coming out of that man's brain. And he is absolutely a complete genius. This anime has the right amount of uh, passion, 
comedy, action, uh, weirdness, everything that you could put in there. Plus, uh, like all animes, hot chicks, like everything's put into one awesome story where you learn not just about the main character, but about all the side characters. All the side characters have main character tendencies throughout this entire story. And uh, with X being on the fourth season, what have you thought about it so far? So, I'm gonna... So, Oda. He's like the equivalent of the soccer gods, of the football gods. Game recognizes game, my dude, because... I quickly realized why there are a thousand plus episodes. Now I have been told by other people because once I've declared that I've 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 taken the pilgrimage, mm-hmm. like One Piece is like a pilgrimage in anime. It's a thousand and twenty eight episodes, right? Right. Like it'll take you if you're watching it continuously with some breaks and a four hour sleep, it would take you twenty two days to watch it straight and catch up. Yo. Five episodes for one battle that lasts like five minutes. That's my one complaint. Now, I've been told that the newer seasons, they've corrected that. And I know that that was a, it was a, that was a staple of the old school anime is that they would drag out. I know One Piece isn't the only one to do it. So, you know, for this cross-sectional football anime fandom that know what we're talking about... I'm not saying One Piece is the only one doing this, milking it. Maybe they taught everybody else to do it. But that's my one critique on on like the structure. I could see I how actually, they bloated it I out. actually slightly disagree with you. Uh, and the reason I disagree with you is because Dragon Ball Z, Frieza, the Frieza fight was close to like 10 episodes no, I agree. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like Dragon Ball. Oh, oh, so you're saying Dragon Ball Z did it first? Yeah, they did it first. Yeah, like people forget Dragon Ball Z came out. I was like, 80s. I was like, I thought we were. It sounded to me like came you were out, agreeing with me. It's, got, like, it's oh, in yeah. the '80s, like. Yeah, because you said Dragon Ball. Yes. Because that's the thing, like the endings of it. So, like the the thing is, is um, I I actually I love One Piece. I I have One Piece tattooed on me. So it's like, oh yeah, I guess I never said the positives out of it. Oh yeah, no good care. So, uh, for me, mark of a good anime is I have to have a great like. There are good animes and then there are great animes that like keep my attention the the whole time through. You need to have a great primary character. I'm an old school person which believes that there is a main character in the story. Um, that's usually a classic archetype for these shows. I'll. There's a couple animes out here now, and even in current circulation, they're good, but the main character is lacking. Now, thank God for the the sub characters. One Piece has a great main character, Monkey D. Luffy. I like him. I think he is a better perfected version of what uh, Ash Ketchum could have been for the Pokemon franchise. And let's be honest, Monkey D. Luffy is the Eden Hazard of of One Piece. He's a goofball, super talented, can rise to the occasion, is loyal to a T. Eden Hazard was loyal to his... I'm always going to throw some Chelsea into his, but Monkey D. Luffy, great. And then the supporting characters are great as well, at least the ones that I know of right now. Even the ones that are kind of annoying, like Usopp, who, for those of you who don't know One Piece, he is the sharpshooter of the group, Yet, like, he, his sharpshooting instrument of choice is a, uh, a is a slingshot. And he has the potential of being brave, but is super cowardice. And, like, you find out that his dad was, like, the exact opposite of him. Yeah, his dad's on the, the one of the biggest Yonkos crews. Yeah. It, which is, like, the... Like, the pirate captains. Yeah, like, a, the biggest... They're, they're, like, pirate admirals. Yeah. Um... And his uh, father has been known to be the best sniper in all of the world. And, like, he can hit shots that nobody else can hit. And I want to see him use guns. He hasn't used guns yet, but I did see him use a ship cannon. And, I mean, he hit a masterful shot. Now, for me, what really gripped me, what, what kept me watching, actually, was the Nami arc. 
So I need to have a great for those of for those who think Did like, you finish Nami Arc yet? Yeah, I finished the Nami Arc right now. Did you? My my favorite part of that, and this is actually one of the reasons why I became such a Zoro fan. Okay. Is when um he get he's getting in a fight with the the main boss and they rip his bandages off. Oh yeah, he yeah, sees yeah, this man yeah. is already almost dead yeah. and he's still almost beating us. Yeah. That's, no. That's what like for Zoro, I was like and just remaining his... purposely still. That's how he was able to like basically keep, keep himself, himself together. Yeah. Like no, it's ironic cuz like so I always knew that Mikey B loves Zoro. And when I first saw his character, I was like, okay, I I get it. I mean, he's like the sword guy and all that. You get a little bit more of his story arc. I get it. It wasn't until it wasn't until Arlong is holding him and he says that that I was just like, and that is why Mikey B loves Zoro. It was for that yeah. line. That's what completed and it all. Later on in the in the story, there's a scene where um, and you can see this on my Instagram page when I when I show my tattoo. There's a scene where um, Killer from another crew when he's uh, he takes a sight and shoves it in his shoulder, and Zoro instead of allowing him to like rip it out, like Killer's trying to rip his, but he's flexing his muscles to keep the sword in him so that he doesn't no longer has a weapon then takes it out of him when he, he jumps back yeah. and uses his own weapon to beat him. It's one of the greatest scenes in all of anime. I Zoro's crazy good. But we're going to move on. I'm glad that you are liking One Piece and we'll check in again as he gets through more and more again. Over a thousand episodes. Yeah, Crazy anime. Crazy good. Um, but we'll jump over to a segment I like to call the the status of the comic book world. And the reason why I'm calling it the status of the comic book world is right now, everybody loves comic book movies. They love all these television shows and everything like that. But we've lost, like, even in the 2000s, we lost the one thing that I enjoyed about comic books uh, and arcs themselves is there's no big universal arcs that are going on anymore that were really being shown out to the public like when we were in our in our uh older 20s civil war and marvel came out yeah and then the the darkest night in dc came out and that was like the green lanterns all the all the different superheroes were getting rings like the flash had blue ring and uh superman ended up getting a red ring and like all these people got a different spectrum of Green Lantern type rings. And with Civil War, it was the, you know, Captain America versus Iron Man, basically, and the government. And there were villains and superheroes that were teaming up with these main uh, superheroes and fighting each other. So there were these big, huge, triumphant events that impacted so many things. And, like, if you want to go back, you had, you know... Um, Infinite Crisis and um, the Infinity Wars and Secret Wars. There were so many of these, but they're no longer there anymore. Well, see, I mean, they they are and they aren't. So, like, full disclosure, guys, like, it's been a hot second since I've ventured over to the DC world. Um, primarily, most of my DC content is going to be in their animated series. Um, not that I, I don't like DC comics. I just... I don't know. I'm I'm actually been grab. I was a DC guy who's kind of gravitated to Marvel to see what all all the the jazz is about. And there are major arcs right now. I don't think there are as many as there were before. What I would say is that they're not advertised. So, and I think this has to do because of the MCU. You can't. And this is what's going to be interesting to see how they adapt. You can't advertise storylines that could be possibly used in the future. Yeah, or or steal away from it. Remember, like Civil War, the reason why we have Infinity War and the reason why we have all that stuff is not necessarily... I mean, yes, I know that there's Infinity War comic and if you actually know that storyline, it is nothing from what hot, you saw. Hot take though. Yeah. Civil War movie. 
compared to the comic books, sucked. Oh, yeah. And and that's saying something. Because, I mean, Civil War was really Avengers. It was Avengers. But that's what I'm saying. Like, back then, the these massive story arcs influenced the MCU. Like, it gave them content. But now, I think they don't want them to... St- to, to come together and steal the MCU. This is what happens when Disney owns both of them. If you have to prioritize, think about it this way from a business perspective. If you had to prioritize visual video content or, and even if it's digital now, reading, what do you think is going to be the most profitable? What do you think is probably gonna reach more people? or be more appetizing to people. It's gonna be the video content. So I think they're not publicizing their, because like like two, two massive arcs that ended recently um, was the, the Devil Rain series, which was actually, it was a really cool arc um, where it's, I mean, Freaking Luke Cage is the governor of, of uh, or the mayor of New York by the end of it. So it weaved all these these stories around. They just didn't advertise it. They don't advertise but it, it. But was this just like this world ending event? Yeah, well, so for the world ending event, for the it was this was more of like the you know, superheroes or outlaws. What what do you do there? For the world ending, you have the king in black, the king in black. Uh, series and then um, Thor under uh, Jason Aaron had a really big uh, oh my gosh War of the Realms those were two major ones which is like world like legitimate one was like world ending but not advertised yeah but I don't feel like they're on the same scale as like what I'm talking about like Infinite Crisis like the impact that comic book had on the DC universe, like Infinite Crisis, the reason why multiverses exist. Well, that's that, there. You hit you hit the the nail on the head, right? It's like that ushered through everything else. So that is going like the first thing. Chelsea paved the way, broke the foreign owner mold, started spending a lot of money. They set the precedent for Man City. So when Man City starts doing it, yeah, is it annoying? But it's just, eh, been there, done that, right? It's not as significant. My issue is there's no... There are no, there are no stakes. The multiverse... Everybody reads comics knowing now that no character is really going to die, really. And they might be dead now, and in five or six years, they'll bring it back in some way. Like, what's it called? Anti-Venom, right? Anti-Venom's now back. Flash Thompson is now back. He's been dead forever. They flirted around with it in the King in Black series, and they confirmed it. So now he's out and about, and I'm sure they'll release a comic line soon following that. I mean... Especially because now Venom is so popular under Eddie Brock, they don't want to bring Flash Thompson back into that into that sphere. They're there. I would argue that the stories are more complex depending on the writer. Like if you look back at what those guys did in some of these now, I think the complexity is. I think it's more complex now. Like, I'll give you an example. Something that I'm I'm interested to find the transition because like. Full disclosure, guys. Mikey B's been reading comics forever. And I was somebody who had brief bits of it. But then, you know, I got to live my childhood fantasy of now that I make money, I can actually buy. Like, I secretly believe that I fund Arkham Comics. (laughs) No, but like, so I was lucky enough to have grown up in a time where, especially in Georgia, we're these massive um, yard sales would happen. Uh, that's the easiest way to, to say it. It's a massive yard sale where people would come together and they would go to an area and they would sell their stuff. And there was always a comic book vendor there. But they would go buy big boxes for like you know $50 from comic book shops 
and then come sell them at these flea markets. There you go. I was going to say, it's, like, it's, a, it's a massive a yard market. sale. It's called a flea market. And I would go there every every Saturday with my friend JR, and we would go purchase a wizard, and the wizard would probably be good for a good three to four months on prices. And we would go through these bins looking at the comic books and looking them up in Wizard to see what their prices were and then oh, buying them. Yeah. And then the the really expensive ones we'd go sell back to the comic book shops and then buy the, the new comic books with, with that money. So like I, I grew up hustling the comic book grind. Well comic and- books are, are gambling now. So where it was a hustle back then, it's kinda like gambling. Because you're literally you're going in there and I, I, maybe I'm doing this. I'm like, which variant edition might be the next thing? Big, which yeah, big. which artist? Which it's, this? It's, it's it's really a gamble on the artists. Like there have been a handful of artists throughout the years that had a unique style that tend. So if they have a very super unique style, they're either gonna make you money or make you no money. Yeah, or it'll be so like some some of the artists. Um, are super they're talented but it's so obscure that I can't I can't read large story arcs and with the same like, style it's also what characters they use in the cover like True. that's that's super important because the more popular the character the more pricey the comic book will be over over time correct and then how significant is that comic book for comic books as a whole but then now also something that you need to take into consideration too is you need to take into consideration what is happening in the MCU verse. So for instance, I meant to show it to you. I have um, I was at an antique like Texas, perfect for antique shops, and I usually go, I just raid the comic book bins, and so I actually I I found a uh, a Hawkeye comic i think it's from the 70s um but it's it's one of those like rare comics where like it has two complete story arcs and it's swordman and hawkeye so like that comic i still have to do research on how much it is at face value it might not it's probably it's probably not that expensive uh not not that like uh valuable but because of those two characters if I now get the guy who plays Swordman, and I get um, what's his name Hawkeye from the show Jeremy to Renner. Jeremy mm-hmm. Renner to sign it, like, and it's from you know season one of that show. Now all of a sudden it has value. Okay, yeah, it goes up in value. Yeah, because it's like those two specific guys, it got, the live action people, signed the 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 comic book versions of them. Now that can give you added value. <laughs> like, like I have, I have the comic, like I have the spe- the one issue that Arthur Harrow is introduced and nothing is ever done with, and I know that no matter how not particularly special that specific comic is, when not if when I get Ethan Hawke. To sign it, it, it will be it'll be astronomically valuable now. And he does he, he does the cons. So. Yeah, yeah, he does the cons. So I was like, I'm gonna get Ethan Hawke to so, sign um, this. <laughs> all right, we're we're coming to the end of the episode. So as we do now, alpha and betas of the week. <laughs> oh, so um, I am gonna crown my alpha of the week is Ao Ashi. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna say AOC, but no. Aoashi a- is a um, it's a soccer anime out there. It's in the top ten of soccer anime. Okay, of all so you want multiverse here. And Aoashi, like that, is truly good. It's like slam dunk, but soccer wise, it is amazing. Uh, it's exactly what you want uh, in in a in an anime. Uh, I'm on like the 10th or 11th episode. It's got me pulled in. Um, so check that out. Your alpha of the week. So I was also going to be cheeky and do the whole uh, multiverse tie-in. So my alpha of the week is going to be uh, Donnie Coates. 
Uh, he is, I mean, he's been around now. Re- I mean, he's our age, so he's been around in the comic book scene now. But, I mean, he is by far my favorite writer. Like, especially of this modern era. Like, he's my my favorite writer. The, the stuff he's doing, Marvel is just get, throwing him more and more. Like, any character they want to, to, like, breathe life into or give a new take, they're giving it to him. He's a he's a local Texas uh, Texas boy, so he is my alpha of the week. Danny my, Coates, my beta beta of the week, or Kate's, the Miss Marvel show. <laughs> uh, you took a character that could have been absolutely amazing, and you created a trash show, and it deserved to get the cancellation that it got. Listen, I'm okay. I'm mad because I'm. I feel like I'm one of those few people out there that actually likes Miss Marvel under Kamala Khan, not Carol Danvers. I don't like Carol Carol Danvers. No, I like I like I like Kamala Khan, and I, I actually they did her dirty. Yeah, the girl who did I it. I like Miss Marvel better than I like Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, and the actress who got it, like she knew her stuff. I I feel bad for her because. To me, she is Miss Marvel. It's just bad story. It's just it's, bad story. It's weak story. It's weak storytelling. That's the problem. This isn't about, oh, you're doing this. Like I was, give, I was like, oh, great. This is a great way to naturally infuse diversity. This is a great way to elevate a female character. This is a, a, a this is a great way to develop a character that doesn't have that much of a following. You have more leeway. It's the same thing with Moon Knight. But you give us weak storytelling. This is not about, you didn't do this and you didn't make her stretchy. Like, no, this is not the stupid toxic stuff. Not, it's not, that's not toxic. Just like when people just wanted a specific way and they don't entertain anything else. We're not talking about that. When it comes to this, it is just weak storytelling. And you know how I know that? Moon Knight, I guess it's, it's a toss up who likes it or not. I love Moon Knight. I think I've read almost every issue that he's in. And I own a quite a bit of it. And the show was better exactly. origin story than the comic. Yeah, the, 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 the Moon Knight was... origin story is better than the comic line. And Oscar Isaac killed it. Yeah. Um, beta of the week. My beta of the week. Megan Rapino. Megan, Megan, Megan Rapino. Or Rapino. Or Rapino. However Rapino. you want to pronounce it. She was. She's like my LeBron James. Like when she hit the women's scene. At the women's national team, all that stuff, I was like, yeah, Megan, oh, she's good. This is you or LeBron, whoever says this. When you are a professional athlete who has won almost any everything and anything, your career, your livelihood has come at the expense of a sport, and you are now at the twilight of your career, don't you dare... Have the audacity to utter out of your mouth that things are just sports. Like, what are you talking about? Like, just sports. Like, I understand what that. What I, I understand what you kind of mean by that. Like, in the grand end all be all. But, f- like, like from a even from a spectator standpoint, like I have to remind myself, it's just a game. Like. When shit decisions happen, but again, that but that's game, an ath- That's their but, job. But yeah, it's a game that means something to people. Like I, I'm sorry to say it, like I hate that whole mentality. It's just a sport because, in all honesty, it's the highest level of competition you can ever do. It's the tell her at the beginning of the career. Hey, Megan Rapinoe, if it was just a sport, why are you fighting so hard to to, to win a like a, a to win it, to win the World Cup, to win these things that are so pivotal in women's sports, and you did it for America. Slightly so, controversial for equal pay, like for just a sport, like like no, like if you would not say something at the beginning of, think about how hungry. All you told me, all you told me is you're not hungry. You don't care hungry. about the results. That also means the American national team might start Bench. losing. In- they're going to show listen they're going to show their true colors i i have i have rocked the women's national team like alex morgan 
she is my crush. Like, like when it comes to the women's they national go to team, Tottenham, though. huh? They should go to Tottenham. Listen, nobody's perfect. Yeah, she's in the women's league now. At least she went to Europe. At least she went to Europe and didn't try to like continue the whole bandwagon of we're gonna really elevate women's sport, like the women league in the United States. No, yes, come on, that's like the others. The other leagues are doing it better, throwing more money, elevating it more. Like Chelsea ladies, kill it. I wish Alex Morgan would have gone to Chelsea ladies, but let's be honest. She would have been a surplus player and probably a bench warmer. Um, we also had the best man, female manager like ever. Yeah, like just don't say it's just a sport. Don't say it's just a sport. That does make it a super beta. Like, like, like it's more than a sport. It's it's your livelihood, but it's also like the fans. That's their distraction to, from a lot of things. Listen, that's an escape. That's an escape. Like in Puerto Rico, baseball and basketball. That is probably one of the easiest way. Like that is probably your best chance of leaving the island and trying to do something. Like from a from a sports perspective. Like and news flash, we're a colony. Like don't just say it's just a sport. I know most people will not have the talent or the work drive to you know accomplish greatness in their sport. But also you know. You knew what you were doing because you used volleyball. She didn't even use her own sport. Yeah. She used volleyball when she said, you know, it's just your... It's just a sport. It's just your Saturday volleyball game or something like that. Like, you didn't even use your sport. Come on. Well, guys, that comes to the end of another uh, Shed In Boys. I hope you enjoy the other other side of uh, Professor X and Mikey B. And uh, as always, in Tuchel We Trust... And, uh, oh God, oh God, don't make me regret not having Roman in my life.